Hello and welcome back to another episode of Soccer from the Zoo's Kansas City Soccer Update. I'm Kyle Pinnell and it's Friday, which means that it's time to go through some more news, some more audio from the week's press conferences, a little bit of everything here as both KCNWSL and Sporting Kansas City prepare for their regular seasons, which is or which are just a few weeks away. Very exciting stuff just seconds ago it, it looked like season ticket holders of sporting kansas city could pick up tickets for the first four games or claim them so a lot's going on in the kansas city soccer world and i am excited to break that all down a, a lot more happening with sporting kansas city this week after kc nwsl had a closed door scrimmage against kansas state's women's soccer team canceled and ultimately postponed and i will get into that a little later but yeah, Sporting Kansas City played twice since the last time I recorded an episode. It, it was at that time Sporting won 4-0 against Phoenix Rising. They've played a pair of MLS sides since then in the Colorado Rapids and Portland Timbers. So yeah, the first game, Sporting nil, Colorado won. Honestly, there's not much you can take away from these preseason games other than what you see on Twitter. I've been saying that the last few weeks. Uh, Drew Moore of... Colorado had the only goal, and that came via header in the 75th minute. Uh, we do get the highlight packages. Uh, you probably see it on Twitter. We get it sent to us via email. And, and and so watching a little bit of that, honestly, the video was kind of shaky and or not shaky. There was good things to be seen, but from an analytical perspective, not much you could take away from that. Uh, there was video of Polito, which was cool to see. I believe he missed the first game against Phoenix Rising with a little bit of a knock, according to manager Peter Vermees. So seeing him back in the lineup against Colorado, even if it's only a half, pretty encouraging sign. So that's exciting. And that's kind of what I took away from that Colorado game. So the other notable thing that we found out after Sporting played the Portland Timbers the other day uh, was Gotti Kinda tweaked his groin in that Colorado game. And he did have to sit out via, uh, or against Portland. Not... Not anything really to be worried about. Peter Vermees said it was just a precautionary thing, more than a hard injury. Just it's a preseason game. You don't want to risk him, especially when you're only playing players 45 minutes, maybe at a time. So that was pretty much all of it versus Colorado. A little bit more to take away from Sporting's 3-3 draw against Portland. And honestly, a little disappointing from a Sporting Kansas City perspective here. Uh, going up 3-1 giving up or conceding two late goals to Portland, including a goal in the 88th by defender Bill Tuioma uh, that tied the game again. It's preseason. So I, I believe Portland kept their starters in longer than Sporting Kansas City did because Diego Valeri scored a goal. And um, in the second half, Bill Tuioma is a starter for Portland on most days. He scored a goal in the 88th. Sporting Kansas City, they did rotate a lot of their second lineup or second team lineup there was in for the second half, but you did get to see a little bit in the first half some of the first teamers. So so when you look at that game, Sporting went up 2-0, and, and uh, Peter Vermees brought up a great point after the game. This is a Portland team that is preparing for CONCACAF Champions League. That kind of goes to explain why they're playing their starters pretty much the whole game, getting the match fitness, because before their regular season start, or MLS start in a few weeks, they, they do have a CONCACAF Champions League game. Uh, I believe that's in just a little over a week. So they are taking these preseason games very seriously as far as preparation goes, getting fit to play uh, CONCACAF com uh, competition. So so you kind of see a little bit of varying levels. Portland came in to their camp earlier. Sporting Kansas City 
yeah, is a little less experienced as far as what the roster goes. They started a little later just because they're not having to worry about CONCACAF Champions League. So you could kind of see that, but that's where it's so encouraging that Sporting jumped out to and 2-0 lead. Uh, it looked like Daniel Shallowy had some chances. One was denied by the post. A few others by Portland keeper Steve Clark. Uh, and I just wanted to talk through some of these goals that I saw. Uh, the opening goal for Sporting Kansas City was great. It was Luis Martins finding Kyrie Shelton, and it's just a pure striker's goal from uh, Kyrie Shelton, who there's conversations about him being starting left winger or what you do with that left wing spot. We've talked about a little in the past on this podcast, and you've probably heard it in, in many different places if you consume Sporting Kansas City content. Kyrie Shelton, just, again, a great goal scorer's finish. I mean, the ball is served in beautifully by Martins, and, and that ball is punched in to the back of the net kind of in midair kind of kind of like a flying kick kick thing I, I and then the best goal of the afternoon for Sporting Kansas City came in the second half via Roger Espinoza getting on the end of or not even getting on the end he came in from the, his midfield position kind of cut in with his left foot and put in an absolute curling ball into the top left corner of the net beating Steve Clark at his far post just a beautiful goal a good highlight that's definitely on the sporting kansas city twitter account i recommend checking it out but but just an individual piece of brilliance and skill uh from roger espinoza so so that's kind of all from from the games of this past week so for for the sporting game what do we learn from it right and, and that's kind of what i want to take away from watching these things or reading about these things and seeing the highlight packages is one is defense defensive knees uh, Peter Vermees was very happy about it after Phoenix Rising, of course, it's a USL side, two MLS sides, and uh, four goals conceded is what it is, three to Portland, and one to Colorado. Not too concerning overall, especially with players getting 45 minutes pretty much each. Um, so I, I wouldn't be too concerned about that, but it's also something to keep an eye on. And, and I think that was... I think that was my main takeaway from that game against Portland. So, again, not a lot from the last two preseason games, but regular season action will be starting soon. I believe the team has an intra-squad scrimmage, and then we'll head back to Kansas City. So, now just going into some sporting Kansas City news, I'm going to start with a good interview uh, with Johnny Russell from Robert Ruzert, uh, who writes for... Uh, the Blue Testament, that Sporting Kansas City SB Nation site, a good, a good resource and a good place to find a bunch of Kansas City soccer news. Uh, in his tweet before the article came out, uh, the quote from Johnny Russell, it's the last year of my contract, but I don't want it to be. Right now, I would really like to stay here. We will have to wait and see what happens with this year. A and the Twitter handle on that is SPKC Life for uh, Robert. You know, it's good to hear something like that and a good overall feature about Johnny Russell and his career and being the smaller guy in the field most times and where he gets his fiery passion and wanting to be in Kansas City and play in Kansas City. It's a good overall piece of writing. Definitely worth checking out. The big news of the week is Leagues Cup and Sporting Kansas City will participate in it. They will be among three other MLS sides I believe Orlando City, Seattle Sounders, and New York City FC will be the other three teams. 
Uh, the Liga Emekis teams that will play them will be announced later. So there's been a, a few different arguments for this competition. And not just this season, but when it started, I believe, two years ago and not having it last year because of COVID-19 and the craziness that was last season. But you look at the pros, right? It, it's a competition that allows Sporting Kansas City to test itself uh, against some of the best teams in Mexico. That's kind of the point, the purpose of this competition from a, a league office standpoint for Major League Soccer to test itself against uh, Liga MX sides. Now, for MLS... What what I have an issue with here is, is how it's kind of treated as far as it it's kind of like a lose lose because if Sporting Kansas City wins, well, it's because the Mexican team was not in form. It wasn't in season, which should I remind everybody that this is the same excuse that's used in CONCACAF Champions League. But MLS can't throw out the excuse they're not in regular season form because Liga MX sides win all the time. Like, Major League Soccer sides like Portland, who are playing in CONCACAF Champions League, everybody who's playing in CONCACAF Champions League are barely yet coming out of preseason, and all of these Mexican teams are far into the depths of their season. So, it doesn't flip the other way around for this competition. Well, then, um, if a Mexican team loses, well, the excuse is, well, we're not in regular season form. So, I don't know. That's always irked me, personally. But, but yeah, and the other side of that, lose-lose, if... Sporting Kansas City lose, well, yeah, that's what we expected. MLS is a worse league than Liga Amekis. And that's kind of how the argument goes. Um, the other thing is is that it's it's more fixture congestion. And, and that means Sporting, this game's going to come between road matches at Colorado and at FC Dallas. Two very important games because Sporting Kansas City play them a whole heck of a lot this season, uh, like they do seemingly every year. And I'm going to get into that in a second. But yeah, you're, you're just loading those fixtures. And then you're looking at midweek rotations. What does uh, Peter Vermees want to do there? The fitness, the depth of the squad. It's just two more games at least that you got to worry about. I, I mean, there's a lot of things that can be, uh, be said there. So I, I like the idea of this competition as a whole. I like pitting MLS sides against the Yamaki sides. I think more international competition is always good. But I think when you add it to the U.S. Open Cup and all these other competitions, MLS games, by that point in the season, three times a week for most teams. I don't know. I think it needs to be tweaked a little bit. I like the idea, but I think there's still a lot of tweaking that needs to be done. And, and both, well, everybody who talks from Sporting Kansas City this week and media availability touched on it. Uh, I thought Peter Vermees and Johnny Russell had some good responses, but I'm, I'm going to start with club captain Johnny Russell. And here's what he had to say about the competition. I mean, the last one didn't end too well, so <laughs> it's, uh, no, we are really excited um, to be involved in that. Uh, so it's another competition, it's another chance to to try and win a, a trophy, which is always our aim. It's the way we set out every year that we we want to win whatever we play in. So I mean, it's it's a, another opportunity for that at the end of the day. And of course, that's what you're going to get from a player's perspective. They always want to win. It's another trophy. It's it's a, a good competition with high quality players. Again, there are a lot of faults and I went over those. Uh, but I did find it interesting later on in that media availability. Johnny Russell talked about how it's it's a short tournament, which which it is. Uh, but still, that's a lot of fixture congestion. Uh, but again, players 
obviously are going to want to win every trophy they can, and it's a good chance for them to test themselves against really good competition. And, and like I just mentioned, Peter Vermees also summed up his perspective, and I, I thought he did it pretty well. Uh, and that's kind of why I want to share this audio clip right here. And I think the Leagues Cup is going to continue to grow, and I think it's going to be a real, really, really big competition as we move forward. Um, not to say that it already is not, because anytime that we can play, um, you know, I look the two best leagues in our in our uh, uh, region are Mexico and, and the United States. And the fact that we're now playing this competition where it's just, you know, head to head, I think is very good moving forward. Um, it, it, it doesn't, I'm not here to, and, and I just don't think you should ever compare. For example, you would compare the MLS Cup or the Supporter Shield to those types of things. I think at the end, they're all different competitions, but they're a part of, of, of you know, the makeup going forward of, of our competition. And so, um, the way that I look at it is, is that um, it, it truly is another opportunity to, to, to win something, and, and we're gonna um, we're gonna participate like we always do in those competitions and try to try to give everything we have. So there's a little bit of perspective from both Peter Ramiz and Johnny Russell about the upcoming Leagues Cup. Again, Sporting Kansas City will host uh, Liga MX's team around that weekend of august 8th i believe early august and that's going to come in between games away games during a stretch of the schedule where they play a bunch of them uh, against colorado and fc dallas and with that comes the third big piece of news this week the mls schedule did drop in the middle of the weekend that's that's very exciting the season's closer than ever we finally get the full schedule and not just the one or the two games uh, early in the season and, and there's a few things I took away from that and I'm going to go through that really quickly uh, this is a very regionalized schedule and I kind of touched on that with the FC Dallas and Colorado and, and talking about those road games Sporting Kansas City will be playing a lot of those familiar foes Minnesota United um, like I said Colorado FC Dallas Houston all of those teams they only play three Eastern Conference teams all season and two of them will come in the first three weeks we already know those two hosting Orlando City to start the season, um, to, for their home opener, I should say, and to start the season at New York Red Bulls. Their third game is, is pretty close for an Eastern Conference um, game. It's at Chicago, or it's hosting Chicago. Of course, only about an hour flight between those two teams. I believe when it comes to flights and, and how that's going to be working, every trip is kind of chartered. Uh, so it's all going to be private planes flying this year versus having to go commercial like MLS usually makes its team its teams do. So that's that's good from a, a safety perspective and and that's kind of what what I had with my notes there. They're gonna be playing three games each against Minnesota United. Austin FC, that's a new one. They'll be playing at Austin once. Uh they play Colorado three times, Dallas three times. The ones I found interesting, games against LAFC in Seattle three times three three times they're going to be playing those two sides which is i mean you look at lafc that's going to be good good competition and then seattle both two really strong western conference foes uh to be playing in addition to those kind of middle of the country mls sides and i do find it interesting the lafc series going three times because that's even farther away than playing eastern conference foes like a philadelphia or a um, DC United or New York City FC. I don't know, just the geography of the country. But of course, it makes sense if you're going to go conference it out for the most part. 
So I picked three games that I thought would be really fun to see or, or to keep an eye on. The first one, I've talked about it a little in the past, the home opener. That's going to come Friday, April 23rd on Big Fox, I believe. Uh, it is the main television uh, station at, at 6.30, so a good primetime national television game to kick off the season at Children's Mercy Park. Uh, Orlando City, again, a great team last year, building some momentum. It's a team that is much more respected now under uh, head coach Oscar Pereja than it used to be. Uh, it was just recently announced that Sporting Kansas City will allow 6,500 home fans, which is about double what the max capacity of last season was, even at that Minnesota United and San Jose Earthquakes, those playoff games. So that's very exciting to see. Orlando has some very high quality players and it's the home opener. So I think there'll be a lot of excitement for that one. And and that's just a few weeks away, honestly. And so that's the first game I highlighted. The other two games, of course, Western Conference opposition. I just touched on them. LAFC, Sporting Kansas City will host uh, Bob Bradley's team on Saturday, June 26th. That's 4 p.m. That's an ESPN game, nationally televised as well. That's going to be very exciting to see, especially because Sporting, I don't believe they played LAFC last season and LAFC as most people probably know they're very talented they have players such as Carlos Vela and a bunch of young guys Diego Rossi um, lots of players who, who are very threatening and it will be very exciting to keep an eye on them I think it will be a great great midseason test for Sporting Kansas City and so dealing with a historically good attacking side such as LAFC and and yeah just being that test for them I think it's definitely something to keep an eye on and then, I know, I know, it's Minnesota United once again. And I kind of have to at this point. They play at Minnesota United August 23rd, 2.30 p.m. Central. That's another nationally televised game. It's Sporting's first game against the Loons since that playoff game where they were swiftly defeated 3-0, three goals coming in the first half. Uh, something that doesn't leave a good taste in anybody's mouth associated with the team. It'll be very interesting. It's, it's their chance at revenge. It's a very good series as it is. Of course, it's overplayed a little right now, but I think it's going to be a great test for both teams. I think it's going to be a very exciting game. Both of these teams play a little bit of contrasting style. Of course, Peter Vermees wants his team to play with the ball and impress and, and very systemized. Minnesota United doesn't care. They're going to sit back, and you saw that in the playoff game, and they are going to counterattack. That's their style of attack. It worked against Sporting Kansas City. It led them to the Western Conference Finals a year ago. So, so I think that's going to be a very exciting match, at least the first time. The other two, I mean, you're going to be seeing it a lot, but, but I think it's worth marking. And the other interesting thing is that they host Sporting Kansas City hosts Portland midweek on a Wednesday, I believe. So this is the third game of a three-game week, and you look at what are some of the rotations that Peter Vermees might make. Does he rest a bunch of players against Portland for the weekend game against a Minnesota United team that Sporting Kansas City is going to be probably in the thick of a playoff hunt with? Um, so I think that's going to be interesting. It's not going to be a lot of rest. They're coming off of just three or four days. I think there's a lot of interesting facets to that game worth keeping an eye on. Uh, the last thing I did with the schedule when it came out, I wanted to highlight a few important stretches. Uh, the first one, May 9th to May 16th, that is Sporting Kansas City's first three-game week. That's going to be hosting Austin and a away trip to Houston to play the Dynamo. 
and then hosting Vancouver. So it comes to literally the first triple game week about a month into the season. I, I think that Houston game in the middle of it makes it interesting because it's Houston. Luckily, it's early on in the season versus later where it gets very hot, humid, buggy, terrible conditions to play soccer that benefit the Dynamo greatly. Uh, playing them away in early May is probably a best case scenario if you're sporting Kansas City. But still, that's an away match at Houston. So you look at these games, Austin expansion team. We don't know really what they'll shape up to be yet. Maybe we'll know better by that point. Uh, Vancouver, Houston. If you're sporting Kansas City, you want at least six or seven points. You want to win against Austin. You want to win against Vancouver, both home games. Those are two winnable home games. Houston depends on the day, but I think that's still a winnable game. So if Sporting Kansas City can come away with seven points from the stretch, that would be very important. I, I think they can get nine here, but it's Major League Soccer. So as everyone knows, a little bit of everything can happen. The next stretch I did want to point out, August 4th to August 14th. That's going to be a very heavy road stretch. I touched on it earlier at LAFC at Colorado and at FC Dallas. This is Sporting's longest road stretch of the year and it was one that they need to take some points off of. Now, it's not going to be as easy as that three game stretch I talked about just minutes ago. LAFC is difficult. That's always going to be a difficult game in Los Angeles. Then you have Colorado and FC Dallas trips to those two places. Sporting struggle a little bit in Dallas as of late. Uh, you have Colorado in the stretch of games. You really want to be getting at least a point from each of FC Dallas and Colorado. Any point from LAFC is a win. You want to be looking at at least four points, maybe five from that stretch. Uh, it's a difficult stretch, but also it comes later in the season. So you'll get to see what Sporting Kansas City is made of. You'll get to see its metal. And they're playing a lot of teams that will have to be playing later on as they chase the playoffs. So I think that's a good measuring stick type of stretch for Sporting Kansas City to see where it sits with just I mean, there's still games to go, but it's getting later in the season there. So I think that's a good a good stretch to kind of measure the results of the team. And finally, coming later in the season, the team's longest homestand or one of them, September 11th through the 26th. That's going to be three home games against Chicago, Minnesota and Seattle. So with this stretch, you can squint and maybe see at least three points, right? You're going to might see five. But these are all home games. So you got to think who knows what the capacity at Children's Mercy Park is by then keeping fingers crossed uh, for more people to be vaccinated and things to kind of adjust as the season goes uh, before the stretch. But even so, Chicago's got to be a win if you're sporting Kansas City at home. Uh, Minnesota United is always a tricky game. And a game in Kansas City is going to benefit Minnesota style of play on the counter if they're still playing that way. But who knows what these teams look like. Uh, by that point of the season, Seattle's always difficult. They always turn it on down the stretch. That's another difficult home game. So it's a very important home stretch. I, I think it's near nearing the final stretch. It'll be very important to see what Kansas City is doing and where they look to be at that point. So, yeah, I, I believe or before I move on to Casey and just a few more things from the week's press conferences. Um, I'm going to start with a quote from Peter Vermees, who, or not with P Peter Vermees, but he did say most players are in a good place after three preseason games. Excuse me, it's Luis Martins, uh, who assisted the team's opening goal against Portland, um, who I'm going to take some audio from right now. He talks about the team and its preparedness heading into the season. 
uh, which again is just a few weeks away. I think it's like uh, last preseason, we 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 started the last last season so well, and after uh, after COVID coming comes, and uh, we just need to restart again uh, for Orlando. Uh, it's like uh, always here at Sporting, we are so competitive, so so dominant, and uh, I think the team is getting prepared for that. And we just need to make sure we have the right basis for that, and uh, that's it. I think we 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 had uh, great great games uh, yesterday against Portland as well. Uh, I think we shown up uh, great stuff. We need to improve uh, a little bit in other other things as well, but that's it. I think it's gonna be uh, uh, a season for Sporting like uh, dominant. We, we we will try to win every game. And that's it. It's going to be tough for us and tough for the opponents as well. And now to kind of wrap everything up, I I did want to go to what Peter Vermees said, just as he summed up the preseason and where the team stands with MLS games coming shortly. Well, if I went off of the data from the game the other day, um, we were just speaking about a little while ago, um, we're probably and I'm talking about the amount of time. So we had the group of guys play 45 minutes. Um, we're probably at a place where we're, we're, we're pretty close for 45 minutes at the level of intensity um, and speed of play that we normally play in a 90 minute match. So that's good. So we're trending in, in the right direction. Um, you know, you also got to remember in the game, you, you didn't have this um, Matt Marine, you didn't have Zeus. You didn't have uh, Gotti Kinda. Um, Roger just came back from a little bit of a knock, and uh, Polito. So it's five players right there that were were unavailable. Um, and so I, I think we're trending well as a group. Um, the good thing is is that we still have quite a bit of time left. Um, we'll play sort of like an inner squad scrimmage with ourselves this, this upcoming week. And then we'll finish off with LA galaxy on the third, um, which still gives us two weeks prior to uh, the opening game for us. And I feel like we're, we're, like I said, we're trending in the right way. Now to kind of switch over to Casey NWSL again, not a lot happened uh, with the team other than his game against Kansas state soccer team got ultimately postponed at first. It was canceled, but a cancellation for, the team's preseason behind closed doors game against Oklahoma's women's soccer team did get canceled. So now the Kansas State game's back on that we played on April 1st. Again, that is behind closed doors. So I did still want to bring some audio from the press conferences this week. Uh, the big topic of conversation, uh, Kate DeFava and, and her positional switch, the second year player in NWSL um, going from really a midfielder to playing a center back role. And uh, Sean Goodwin of the KC star wrote about that in depth for a story he put together this week, but a lot of the audio is about that. And so, so I'll go through some of that and starting with Delfava, who is making that switch from midfielder to back line. Uh, Coach Hugh Williams talks about getting his defenders into attack and in the importance of that in his scheme and, and tactical setup as a converted midfielder in this role, she does have that capability. And she talked about how she wants to play that role and the conversations that she's had with Williams about that. Yeah, it, I feel like 
it's been it's been a pretty smooth transition. Obviously, there are things in every position that you need to learn and work out. But at the end of the day, we all uh, know soccer pretty well. And and yeah, uh, coach coach has been really encouraging of me going forward on the dribble, penetrating through the through the defense. So um, he's been really encouraging of me going forward there. So it's been pretty easy to transition when you have coaches behind you that are encouraging you to do new things and things that you're already comfortable with. One player who's helped her with that transition is Rachel Corsi, an experienced defender, and uh, Del Fava talked a little bit about their relationship and how Corsi's been so helpful with her as she tries to learn and adapt and make the successful move to the back line. I mean, it's every single day from it's just my body shape to playing the front foot to when to drop, when to step as a center back, reading the game. She, she has a lot of faith in me in those things, but she also knows that little reminders like that really helps, especially getting it in my head every single time, like to do the small little things that she's so used to doing as such a, a experienced center back. So I just say little things like that, even today, just telling me drop step instead of backpedaling one step so that you're already facing backwards when you have to drop a couple yards. So just little things like that, that she knows and she has ingrained in her brain and just trying to make sure that I'm on the same page with her, things like that. But. And then like he does every week, coach Hugh Williams did talk with local media and just a little bit about the team's final preparations in advance of the NWSL challenge cup and and he talked about um, just where the team sits right now a few weeks before the first game of the season. And here's what he had to say. Today, I feel good. And we're ahead of, ahead of schedule today. So it's a day-by-day, minute-by-minute situation. Um, I think we're – well, I'm personally feeling better about it today. We are you know, starting to identify assignments – specific play assignments not specific position assignments any any longer so defensively each player understands and knows the role that they have to play defensively and obviously going forward as well so game plan is in process uh first game is going to be difficult because we don't have a film from this season to go by but we're anticipating the predicted lineup that they will have anticipating a style of play that they will have. That's something we will always respect. But if I'm being truthful, our our emphasis is on us and, and how we want them to adapt to our style of play and not vice versa. Williams also talked about the team's upcoming game against Portland, a very difficult start to to its NWSL Season traveling to Providence Park to play in front of fans. Uh, Portland is a team that has not had fans in, in quite a while. And, and while it won't be at full capacity, it should still be loud. So a difficult game for Kansas City. And that's something that Hugh Williams talked about. He talked about the difficulties of managing, preparing for that and respecting Portland as an opponent, but also how the team wants to dictate and play its own game, force Portland to play Kansas City style of soccer instead of the other way around. And here's what he had to say about that. If we don't respect Portland, who are we going to respect, right? Clearly one of the deepest and most talented squads in this league, coaching staff, unbelievable. And just the culture and the environment around their team, their fans, you know, 15 to 18,000 people at every game. What a, 
fantastic experience over there. So we will for sure respect what they do. And we will spend time on the coaching side, knowing exactly what they do, what their strengths, their weaknesses. We, we have to be careful though, right? Not to bombard the players with too much things to think about. We want them to play. We want them to play to their strengths. And that's, uh, that's up to us as a coaching staff to place our players in a position where they can succeed. And, and that's us matching our strengths with their weaknesses. Now, the one thing that could help Casey and Nussel just a little bit, Portland is one of the hardest hit teams when it comes to U.S. Women's National Team players having to uh, depart for, for friendlies and competitions, and that's definitely the case. Coming up soon in a couple of weeks, Portland will be without Becky Sauerbrunn, Lindsey Horan, Sophia Smith, some of their best players due to international call-ups and uh, competition. That's something Kansas City does not have to deal with. They do not have a single U.S. national. So something to keep in mind. But with that, that will probably do it for this week. I know it's a longer episode. A lot going on with Kansas, Sporting Kansas City with the schedule and the Leagues Cup. And I wanted to get some audio for KCNWSL too. So uh, thank you for those who stuck around and listened to the entire episode. Again, you can listen every single Friday. I'm going to try and do something like this with some audio, with some analysis and Starting soon, I'm going to be trying to do some preview episodes with, uh, with some tactics and, and just looking at the week ahead for these teams. So you can find the podcast anywhere you can get your podcasts, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can listen to Soccer from the Zoo, the main show here with Michael and myself. It's going to be, we're not going to have it the next few weeks because it's our spring break over at Mizzou, but normally you can hear it from 7 to 8 p.m. Central Time on kcou.fm or on the TuneIn app. Just search KCOU. You can follow myself at Kyle underscore Pinnell underscore. You can follow the podcast at Soccer at the Zoo. That is Z-O-U. And yeah, soccer coming up thick and fast. Some exciting things to take away, some exciting things to watch. And before you know it, we'll be getting some regular season soccer to talk about. So until then, until next Friday, I'm Kyle Pinnell and... And enjoy another week of soccer.